The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. Hey, hey, it's Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. You can find Midwest Swing on Twitter at Midwest Swing Pod and Zone Coverage at Zone Coverage MN. I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren across the table from me. Tom Schreier at T Schreier three. You got the producer Justin in the building. But before we get to today's guest, thank you so much for your reviews on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Adding those reviews gives us legitimacy both in the eyes of advertisers and podcast providers. So again, drop us a review on whatever platform you use, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Google Play, or Spotify. Give us five stars if you like the show, and reach out to me on Twitter if you don't. Let us know what we can do better. Without the without you, we can't do the show. So thank you for your support. Now, on to today's show, we have MLB agent, old friend, Josh Kuznick. You can find him on Twitter, at Joshua Kuznick. And man, where are we catching you today? I'm in lovely downtown Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I just finished a doctor's visit right by Nova Southeastern University, which I went to the field earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, going, to Bo- going to Boca, going home, and then maybe going to West Palm later to go see Mr. Brantley and Mr. Ritchie. After I just told you off there, I didn't feel like talking about Mike. Figured I'd blow that to the wind immediately. Yeah, we may as well get any misgivings out of the way quickly because as people know from listening to you on any other podcast, the Nats GM podcast or with us, Nothing's off. Nothing's off limits within res, within reason. But there are some no, things. No, no, not around. even within reason. I'll say anything <laughs> now. The last month, I told you, I've been very freed up. My loving, wonderful clients told me I was finally, after all these years, allowed to act like myself publicly, the way that I do privately. And boy, am I loving life right now. Oh man. Well, I understand that when I get to Florida this weekend, you're not going to be there. So that's kind of a bum deal. I feel like this was poor planning on both our parts, yeah. but spoiler alert, I cannot get into it here. I have to go to a restaurant opening for a client that plays for the Brewers who's uh, surprising everyone in opening a restaurant. Nice. Saying that, maybe. Well, our producer is a Brewers fan, so he's pumping his fist over there. He doesn't have a yeah, He's microphone. tabulating, and he's going through all the agents, and he's like, who, who could this be? Well, and so we have... Oh, it, it, it's literally Jeremy Jeffress. It's JJ. Oh, JJ. I'll spoil that one, but no, JJ's involved in a restaurant kind of thing that we're going to be unveiling on the 14th officially That's and awesome. it's going to be ridiculous because it'll be in arizona and at miller park and uh, uh jared diamond's going to be writing a story on it so i can't spoil too much but that's kind of the that's the cool thing. If we did not tweet that I said this and people mm. just find it out, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if people listen, read the Wall Street Journal, Jared does a great job there. He wrote a recent story on Williams Astadio, La Tortuga, who is probably now with the Miguel Sano injury, all but assured a spot on the Twins bench. But let's dive into some topics that yes. interest you. So this is considered, you know, spring training, but you you told me last time you were on the show, you're kind of in season all the time, maybe even more so in the off season. And yeah. we can cover some territory that we maybe covered before, but what is spring training sure, like for sure. you? How, how crazy do you go during spring training going back and forth between home and Florida and, and Arizona and wherever else? That's the crazy part for me because I have to go to Arizona, leave Florida, stay there for a few weeks, see the guys there come back, see the guys here, go back to Arizona. I mean, most of my base is in Arizona, even though I live here in Florida, because that's where Jeremy is. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's a huge part of my life. Um, so I made the decision a couple of years ago that I wasn't going to sign a lot of new players and focus my efforts on JJ and Mike and Aswahe and, and anything I could do. And 
And I am very happy with that decision. I don't have a thousand clients anymore. I have a manageable amount of clients where everyone knows me and I can hang out with all of them. And I like everybody and they all like me. And this is what I've always wanted. So for me, it's so much less stressful and taxing on me because I really like what I'm doing now. So there's not a lot of volume. I think I have 15 clients total now. JJ's the big guy who's the all-star. A few minor league guys are closer. There's some guys further away. Um, and Aswahe being in Korea, I mean, that was changed, that changed my life, changed his life. That's been so interesting. And it's really it, it, travel-wise um, and the demand on my time, it's been very hard um, and taxing on my personal life. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm divorced a year now, which mm-hmm. the divorce is not because of baseball. I, I, mean, I have a happy divorce. Um, there's an old joke, you know, um, if someone tells you they get divorced and you go, oh, I'm sorry, that's not the right reaction because whoever is telling you that used to be sad. They did something, they became, ha- became happy. And so by that theory, uh, divorce is good. I, so in I, my case, divorce is wonderful. That's a certain red-haired comedian who's kind of uh, not as popular as he was maybe two or three years ago, I think, is, <laughs> who's bit that. Yeah, I, actually, I absolutely hate him now. Yeah. But boy, the old stuff, some of it's wonderful, but what sucks is some of the old stuff is tinged with truth, which mm. makes it unfunny. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I, but that joke is wonderful. And then obviously the other one, why is divorce so expensive? Because it's worth it. Um, <laughs> so for me, being in in the business that I'm in, I'm not saying I'll never get married again. I, I would absolutely do that given the circumstances, right person, all that good stuff. But for where I'm at now professionally, uh, it's been very beneficial to be on my own. Well, and I would... I would say that would be the, the personal life takes a huge hit though um, at the expense of your career, at least for what I'm doing. For sure. Yeah. Well, I think we both agree that Mr. CK can't touch Mitch Hedberg. And so we can, we can, I opened for Mitch, man. Yeah. Mitch is that dude from Minnesota. I love him. Yeah. So he's pretty legendary. Now back, back to spring training for a second, which side, wait, do, wait, 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 I have, I have to cut you off. No, I'm going to give you a gift. Yeah. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna give you a gift before we get to spring training. We'll stay on Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Obviously, I, I I knew Mitch uh, a little bit. I met his wife Lynn. We all I, I, we've told some of these stories. Here's what I've not told you. I have two jokes of Mitch Hedberg that have never been told before that I know. I will not perform them as me, but I will tell you the jokes let's go. because they're amazing. And these are <laughs> Mitch Hedberg jokes that were never told uh, or never recorded. He did perform these, but they were never recorded, unfortunately, because he passed away. So here are the two jokes. Um, he said, uh, I used to love flying on Air Jamaica because every flight was a red eye. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's good. <laughs> that was, yeah. That, that plays up with your with the Rockies fan base too, I bet. <laughs> and I I mean, we, we just said who I represented. So. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that joke. Wow. And I remember there was one other one where he says, um, everyone says a dog is man's best friend, but, uh, not drug sniffing dogs. They're snitches. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty great. Yeah. I, I, I definitely appreciate both of those and we, we got to get those some are two unreleased Mitch Hedberg jokes that I'd never heard recorded before. The other one, the dog one might've been, but I know for a fact the air Jamaica one most certainly was <laughs> never recorded. That's such a bummer, man. Yeah, we're, we're, the world is a worse place for him not being here. There's no question about that. A worse place for him not being here and a worse place for Twitter existing without him. Oh, man. <laughs> his his brand of comedy would have been perfect for Twitter. Even the 140, um, even it's, the 140 uh, character, character yeah, limit. limit. Yeah, no, that would have been. That would have been just perfect for him. So I got to ask yeah, you, what do you, pre- what do you prefer better? Cat, or what do you like better? Cactus League or... Uh, 
Grapefruit League in terms of just overall logistics and everything? Arizona, without question. I grew up here in Florida. Everything's so far away from each other. And yeah. in Arizona, everything is an inch from each other. You can literally hit every park in one day within a couple hours. If well, you Will Ferrell to, did like it. Someone like, well, I'm sorry? Will Ferrell did it. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. The yeah. HBO thing. That's a, that, So for someone like me who's an agent, if I don't need to stick around for a game and I need to hit a bunch of facilities in a day, in Arizona I can do that. In Florida, good luck. Yeah, I had to get a ride up to Bradenton this coming Saturday from Fort Myers, and I'm, I'm, I'm hitching a ride. Tom's finding this out now with with Doe Young Park, the new oh, I love it. MLB reporter. He's I'm a I, genius, Stanford man. Yeah, Stanford. He probably and, built his own car, <laughs> but he's never been through a drive-through. He's never been through a restaurant what? drive-through. This kid's like 22 years he old. Grew up, he grew up in Shoreview with me. I don't know how that's that's possible. I have to be honest with you guys. This guy sounds like a genius, but you guys are dumb for believing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe. But it is it is true. I drove from – we went to uh, the Phoenix Open for my friend's bachelor party. We went from Mesa to Scottsdale, which is a long drive, but we probably passed. Yes, it, yes, it is. Yeah, it was in an Uber. It was probably the most expensive Uber, even splitting among like five people that I've ever been in, let alone was I it, wanted to get out so was bad. Was it Uber Clown Car? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard of Uber X and I've heard of all those yeah, different things. No, yeah, it was, not, uh, it was not entertaining. But yeah, we passed probably like five uh, minor league parks or whatever. Like for the, yeah, which you wouldn't do in Florida. Well, hey, Josh, you represent Jeremy Jeffress, and so you probably are aware of the athletic reporter there, Bob Murray, the boy wonder. And he, oh my God, are you really going to do this? This is awesome. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw him under the bus necessarily. But I guess no, he had I a, hope you do. I, no, I, I'm blocked by Robert. <laughs> he's he's got. He had his first ever peanut butter and jelly sandwich like two days ago. Um, Adam McKelvey and a bunch of other people like force fed it to him in the equipment room. Is he literally a boy? Well, if you look at him, you're like, what is this 14-year-old doing in here? And he's lost a bunch of what weight. Is, uh, can, I ask, can I ask you something before you finish the story? What is it, like, to quote Office Space, what is it you say he does there? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, uh, it's baby Heyman, basically, right? I mean, I have gotten into fights with John over that reporter, and... I hate picking on people and a kid, but boy, did he piss me off back in the day. Bob, like what, what, a how I just have that one question for you. Cause I know it will enrage you, Brandon. How <laughs> does someone that came from that get elevated to where he is? That is so upsetting to me well, that that career trajectory worked and it was rewarded when it should be shunned and punished. Well, my theory is if you can, if you can do something at 14, why should somebody pay you to do it at 24? No, I understand, understand that, but, like, I don't know how you feel about him. I, I, I'm friends with Chris Cotillo. I like what he has done. He's a good dude. He was the one I always liked back then, too. And no one else, literally no one else, not one. There's no exception. There's no caveat. There's no, nothing I could carve out for, like, oh, well, this other one did one thing. They were all terrible. So much so, I had to write that goddamn article. Yeah, and I love that article. Yeah. It's the best thing I've ever written in my whole life. We'll share that in the blog when we post this. It's 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 really. I should have gotten a Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> we could see if we could find one for you. Otherwise, I know that uh, the fantasy football trophy at my work was literally 
Uh, <laughs> a, uh, I was going to say the audience, the audience here may or may not realize, but they have no idea how great I think I am. Well, that's the thing though, that people want humility from their athletes, but honestly, you have to think you're the best at what you do if you're going to go into battle. So I think agents being an agent's not much different, right? I don't have a lot of graciousness when it comes to my work. So, <laughs> I mean, I used to, and I'll certainly compliment other people at their job. Like, seriously, there's a lot of good agents in this business. And I know it's sacrilegious for an agent to say that, but I don't really care. Well, There are tons of very, very good agents. And the odds of me being the only person to help someone is bullshit. It's just <laughs> not true. Is, and, is, is it a business where uh, nice guys finish last, though? Oh, hell yeah. I, I kind of thought so. I kind of thought so, but it's I wasn't sure. Ridiculous. And I'm not saying doing the wrong thing, the right thing, you have to do the right thing, no matter who who you are. There's no cutting corners. But yeah. That isn't the determination of what makes you a nice guy or not. Like, I'm a son of a bitch, but, <laughs> I mean, you have to be. If you're nice and there's humility and you're dealing with a ball club, they're going to kill you. These are evil corporations that are only existing to make money. Mm-hmm. If you're nice to something like that, they don't care, so what's the difference? Right. got to squeeze every penny you can out of them. Well, now that we've got you good, they try to do, wait, wait, they try to do it to us. So what the hell is the crime in me doing it to them? Right, right. Well, now that we got you good and lathered up, let's let's break down free agency. How about it? <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> let's go. That was like uh, the warm up comic to the mainstay or the uh, the opening act to the headline. Yeah, no, that was. That was solid. Yeah, you really guided this one, man. You're getting better. This is good. Well, it helps that we have a professional producer over in the corner and a studio now instead of me. Oh, know. so do I have to give him credit for your thoughts now? Or no, 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 no. I don't even know his name. To be, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We, we got to give I him be, mic though. Can because, I be a regular at this point? This is amazing. I love it. Um, so, I guess you know everybody's kind of still talking about the the bleed-in from last year to this year, what differences have you seen in the market from last year to this year, or what meaningful changes have you seen? Because I think from a casual observer, it's kind of just sucked in general. Yeah, it has. It's worse. It's worse than before, because now everybody's out in the open saying, can't go over the luxury tax, can't pay that extra fine like for some reason, mm-hmm. even though there's no salary cap. So last year, when everybody was saying we're saving our money for the mega free agent class, my answer, my question to everybody that no one answered was, well, what if they don't? <laughs> and now we're dealing with the reality of them not doing that. Right. So now what? And everyone kind of shrugs their shoulder, shoulders and acknowledges there's an issue, but nobody wants to say what it is. I can't say what it is without getting a letter from Rob, Rob Manfred, but we all know what I think it is. Yeah. Well, so if if things continue to go the way they do, and we've seen guys like – Luis Severino and Sonny Gray even, and uh, who's the National League cat that I'm missing? Oh, Aaron Nola taking below market uh, extensions sure. before they're into arbitration years. Can it can it get worse? I mean, is this is this yeah. players conceding yeah. that it can still get it can worse? Always, it can always get worse. And my Jared Diamond asked me that same question um, in an article that he wrote about free agency after those extensions got signed. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't comment on individual extensions, other players, people I don't represent. But my point to him is going to be the same now is if you, if the owners devalue free agency, then agents and players are going to devalue free agency. And what's the point of even getting there? If no one's going to get paid, get your money and get out. How weird is it going to be for guys who are like fifth year 
their their third year arbitration, second year arbitration, or super two or whatever. Jeremy Jeffers is arb three right now. Right. I mean, guys guys getting more in arb uh, arb three than they would in free agency is kind of strange to me. It's like a weird dichotomy because. I mean, Nolan Arenado got almost, what, $30 million and then signed an extension. I'm not talking about him specifically, but right, if, you right, had, right. if you had a client who got – You can, by the, way, by, the way, by the way, you can talk specifically. I can't. So you can say whatever you want. But for if, real. You, if you got a client that got $25 million AAV in, in ARB3 this year, I mean, how do you reconcile that with the fact that only two free agents this year got more than that and the odds of your guy getting that next year in free agency isn't high – I mean, do you bake, I, do you bake I, that into projections, or what do you do? I wouldn't reconcile shit. I know the system's broken. I've yeah. known it for a while. Yeah. I'm going to speak to an example I can talk about. Yeah. Remember the shit that I got for Jeremy Jefferson's contract with the two-club option oh, tacked yeah. onto it on the one-year deal, and it was the worst deal ever, and I was an idiot? Isn't it amazing how that's the wave of the future? You think <laughs> yeah. I was remotely going to send J.J. in good conscience to that free agent market on purpose? I would have rather taken the deal that he took, which I would sign a billion times over again, no matter what anyone says, given the circumstances, than send him to free agency before last season. Have you and him talked would, about that? He would, he, would have left, he would have left Milwaukee. He wouldn't have been in the zone that he liked to be in. Right. Look what happened. The ends justify the means, and everyone else can F off. <laughs> have you talked to him about your, your, the extension in, in detail since then, like with, with yes. deference to the market, yes. him saying, thank you for doing that for me. Or, or what, what, were, what was his like oh, mentality? We, oh, I, I got the best thank you of all time. I got to go see the house that he bought. It was amazing. We've been talking about it for years. He, I'm telling you right now, the only person that matters to me about this, who did not hate the deal was him. So yeah. I don't care what anyone else thinks. And it probably got me fired by Seth Lugo. Just saying that happened. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I do it again. Yeah. Did is he excited to throw to Yasmani Grandal? By the way, I mean a little bit off topic, yeah. but yeah, ab- absolutely. He's super pumped about everybody they brought in. He is every year. He's one of the best recruiters they have. That guy is. I mean, this sounds ridiculous and obvious. He is the life of the party. That's <laughs> one of those heart and soul players. That is why the Brewers have committed so much to him. Yeah, because he's done so much for them too. It's it's mutual. It's a it's a. I will be devastated if they don't win and they have to trade him. Right. Well, you and him, or you went with him to the All-Star game last year, right? Oh, hell yeah. That was the best two days of my life. Well, tell us about that, because I don't think I've had you on since then. I think we, I think no, we texted about we, it. But... We, no, we got to go to the All-Star game last year, and I uh, I was I was trying to tweet his way in, you know, J.J. to D.C. He wasn't closing, and I know Council made a call to Dave Roberts because J.J. had a ridiculous first half, and then mm-hmm. he got in, and... My vice president and I got to go to the uh, All-Star game and the media day. And I'll tell you, the media day is where it all kind of sunk in, where it was like, well, now my life is different, mm-hmm. and this is awesome. And I'd already gotten the money from J.J. on the deal. You know, like, he got his money. Yeah. But going to that media room, and you look around, and, you know, there's there's Trout and Harper. And, yeah, Brant, I'd been there with Brantley, and Brantley was there again. But it's not. I don't have the same relationship with Mike that I do with Jeremy. And it was just different with him because it was always me and him. And it was just us on an island and no one believed in either one of us and, and still probably don't. And, and, um, and then we're in this room and all these people are around us and the whole media world's there. And Scott Boris is there and all these people are there. And, and I remember there's that picture of me and JJ where he just sees me in uniform and I'm wearing my suit and he grabs me and he hugs me. It's the Jerry Maguire moment. Yeah. And he's whispering to me, he's whispering to me. And he's like, how did we get here? 
And I said, I have no idea they're going to kick us out. <laughs> <laughs> like the, like, no, I'm not going to go there. I was say like the barstool guys at the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you really want to talk about barstool at the end, I'd be happy to. Oh, man, I don't think I want to give them the breath of, of uh, no, 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 I think it has I, to was, happen. I, I recorded okay. a 20 minute podcast cursing them to hell today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's uh it's a, it's quite an outfit. And so. No, it isn't. It's a cesspool, and it's no, no, no better no. than Breitbart. They can all die. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Do you do you think you could ever have a relationship closer with another client than you have with JJ right now? No, never. And I don't mind being honest about that. There's just no way. There's no way I'll ever have a relationship with anybody the rest of my life. If I get married again, if I have other players, friends, I will never have a relationship with anyone like Jeremy Jeffers ever again because of what he did for me my whole life. What I was able to do for him, mm-hmm. I, I won't live long enough to do something like that again, ever. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you represent Twins prospect Seth Pinkerton. I do. Okay. What is your vetting process, or do you have like a, a test that you make guys take before you take them on? Like, how do you pick somebody, or how do they pick you? Well, I, I, I mean, ability is important. I have to scout them. But beyond that, it, it, it's very um, makeup driven. Mm-hmm. And I'll give them. I'll talk to them before the draft. Or I'll talk to them in the minor leagues or I'll talk to them in the big leagues, whoever, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. And I'll just turn, turn, you know, turn myself up to an 11. You know, it's like, like right now I'm on, I'm on all the time, but I'm, I'm subdued a lot of the time, obviously. And, um, mm-hmm. but when I'm on and I'm performing and I'm doing all that stuff, um, I, I just kind of go at 120 miles an hour and hope for the best. And, if the guy gets it, they usually buy in completely. And if they don't get it, I don't get hired. So like a kid I interviewed with last year, Nick Stanlin, didn't see eye to eye with me personality wise. I helped him for years and I ended up not getting hired, but I was okay with it because personality wise, it didn't work. And what am I going to do? Force it? Like five years from now, he's going to realize I hate wearing a suit and fire me anyway. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just be me. So usually if a guy sees me the way that I am, and they like it and I get hired, I'm not going to get fired. So as far as like the test, the test is whether they like who I am or not. And if they like me, I'm usually good. And if they don't like me, that's what it is. Because at the end of the day, every single agent's pretty qualified. It's just who has time to do the work and who isn't an idiot. Well, and it's not unlike life. Like you talked about a divorce, but any relationship you have, if your relationship is built on not being who you are, it's kind of built on a lie. So you may as well be who you are 100% balls to the wall and let the fallout be the fallout. I raged for years against having to do that. So like with, coming up with like Brantley and Lowe and Kenley Jansen and guys I worked for. I mean, I was a, I'm a great scout. I know I am. I don't really need validation from anyone to tell me that. Cause I know who I've signed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the tough part was, is once I signed them and I felt like I had to act a certain way, it just, it, I was miserable. I I'm always miserable when I have to put on a suit and pretend to be something I'm not to showcase how smart I am. Like that's bullshit. It doesn't matter. And I hate it. And I'm never doing it again. And you know, JJ sat me down in spring like two weeks ago. and was like, you know, if you weren't so crazy, there's a ton of guys that would hire you in a heartbeat. And you know, if, you know, long story short, I told Jeremy, if I got to do that, I wouldn't get to be crazy, and that would be terrible. Well, that's true. What? What's? I mean, I like being me, and I didn't get to do that for a long time, and I'm never going back to it. Unless, obviously, J.J. says, you went too far, tone it down, do that. I owe everything to him. Mm-hmm. I work for all of my guys, but he's the guy who built me and made me and allowed me to go do this more than anyone else, and I owe him everything. How is representing big league guys different than minor league guys or vice versa? 
it's a lot easier in the big leagues once you have them. There's less to do as far as, you know, having to hustle uh, for, for the grunt work stuff, like endorsements, marketing. They hand it to you in the big leagues when you don't need it. In the minors, you have to kill yourself to go get it. The amount of hours I have to put on uh, on the phone in the minor leagues for a guy, it's crazy. It's hours and hours and hours of phone calls for any minor league guy to get him anything, like a free shirt. And for a big leaguer, it's like, I represent this guy. I'm like, here's 50 grand. <laughs> wow. Is is the call to the big leagues that first step of validation, or is it spending one year in the big leagues validation? What, what are the levels of that for you as an agent as far as this guy and you as an extension, I guess, have arrived or have started this process where you feel like you've actually succeeded? Getting him a contract, man. That's, that's when it's real. Getting, I've had guys that played two weeks in the big leagues. What the hell did that do for anybody? Like, didn't do anything for me. Didn't do anything for them. It helped them live their dream. But I sure that I assure you their dream wasn't to be a big leaguer for one day. Yeah. So, I mean, that's actually one of the most bitter things ever because they get there and it's like not enough for either of us. That that's gut wrenching, like never making it's gut wrenching too in a different way, but like just making it enough, but not enough is, is just awful. So the contract is the validation for sure. So you're talking about the contract as in the extension or the ARB, ARB, getting ARB. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's three years. I mean, that's, I don't know what the average MLB career is. I would guess it's probably three or four years, maybe a little longer. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's like three and a half and like getting ARB two, you know, two and a half if you're super two or three. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit more than football, which I'm sure you're glad not to represent. NFL, not for long. Average career is like a year and a half. I would never work in the NFL ever. And I don't know if I told you this story, but when I was in college, the first athlete I ever interviewed was for Jonathan Vilma and Vince Wilfork. And Uh, I think I could have gotten them because they wanted me to pay for their training at API. And they're like, give us $50,000 each before the draft. Not like a bribe, totally legal. Like, this is something that happens. They oh, pay yeah. for their training for the yeah. combine. They didn't do anything wrong. But they asked me for like 100 grand, and I'm in college. I'm like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work in baseball. This is bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of strange things that go on with that sport. Now, back to baseball, though, because that's what we care about. How, how, yeah, different, how different are teams to work with from your side of things? I mean, do you have a procedure for each team or when they change regimes? Like, for instance, the Twins – you know, Terry Ryan before Derek Falvey and Thad Levine now. I mean, I think they're still fairly down to earth, whereas Terry was kind of one of the old school throwback kind of guys. How much adjustment do you have to make for different teams and then when regimes changes? Like uh, like the Mets, for instance, if you were still representing a Mets player, you know, uh, Brody Van Wagenen versus, you know, Sandy Alderson, how much do you have to alter your approach? Oh, I won't work with the Mets. They can go to hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I know. I, I, I mean, are you able to bleep this? Uh, yeah, Justin. Justin can do it. Brody can suck my. D- so <laughs> wow. I mean, I. I wow. I, I. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have anything nice to say about him at all. That Nothing. Sucks. He tried to steal my d- clients when he was a when he was an agent. Now I got to go work with him. Damn. Yeah, that so, sounds crappy. Yeah. Ne- next. Um, <laughs> but to deal with other front offices, teams, positions, all stuff like that, you try to tailor it to the relationships that you've built over the years mm-hmm. and you know it has to be different it has to be different every club because everybody is this isn't a machine um but i will tell you dealing with all these different people the approach on how you approach different people who you call different positions farm directors assistant gms whomever that's the stuff you have to figure out but you know ultimately especially recently every organization seems very similar and that's strange to me well and and i think that's kind of one of the things we've seen with 
maybe specific players like Mark Reynolds saying, no offers, no offers, no offers, four offers, and they're all identical. Uh, okay. Yeah, I had that happen with some minor league guys last year, which was also strange. I mean, I don't think they're, I think it's collusion against minor league players, but you understand the trickle down problem. Yeah, if was, big league guys aren't getting offers and they're taking minor league deals, who the hell's signing the minor leaguers? Was that Selsky? Is that the one? One of them? I don't work for him anymore, and I'm not sure if he's playing. But yeah, Selsky had a weird off season last year. Yeah, and I don't attribute that totally to anything. I, I he unfortunately, I think he had some injuries and and he got diminished a little bit. Really he was a good corner guy. guy was he, I, I feel terrible what happened to him, but he was, he was a corner but, guy. So I mean. But, yeah, really good player when he was healthy, man. Like, he can rake. But what I would say is that teams are devaluing a lot of parts of baseball that used to matter. And mm-hmm. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's the same as, like, you know, the coal in- industry getting automated and then people not having jobs. It's not like that. It's, it's just they're arbitrarily devaluing these things. And it's all financially driven. So you're seeing this implementation of, like, Wall Street in the front offices more so than the analytics. And they commodify everything so people don't matter anymore. And if they want to treat it like that way, I can certainly do that. But don't cry when I do that when you're doing it. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's definitely that makes perfect sense. If, if you can talk about this, and I don't know if you can, what is agent-to-agent communication I mean, like? after what I just said about the Mets, I think I could talk about anything. <laughs> well, what is agent-to-agent communication like? I mean, do you have to be cordial? Oh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk. There isn't any. None at all. I mean, I don't mean to cut. I don't mean to cut off your question. No, it's good. the answer is none. We don't talk to each other. We all hate each other, and we're all trying to sign each other's clients because there's a finite amount of players who make money, yeah. and we all need them. So this market has made that more bitter of a feud. No, absolutely not. I think if anything, we're all like mutually commiserating when we see each other. So we're like, yeah, life sucks right now. Yeah, I know, man. We wouldn't even say that a year ago. I'd be like, ah, get away from my guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, how? How do you expect or how has it so far changed how you've handled Carlos Asuaje now that he's playing overseas? Like, what does that do to your job on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis? It's really different. Um, I have to, like, we had to tear up all of his endorsements with Nike and Wilson and, you know, whatever. And now we got to go start over in, in, in Asia. Mm-hmm. And I got to deal with, like, Wilson America, SSK. And uh, it's just a big transition. And he's got to deal with the language barrier and, uh, a new type of baseball and I, you know, he's a, he's 12 hours ahead of us. So I'm, I'm usually talking to him well after he's done playing. So he joked with me, he homered a couple days ago and, he, and I hit him up. I'm like, Oh my God, you homered. He's like, bro, you're in the past. That was yesterday. <laughs> no, he can tell you the future though. I mean, that's kind of cool. He can, I, I need him to tell me the future. That'd be great. But he, he's the relationship with him is very different than I have with anyone else too. Cause I'm in business with him in an esports venture, so yeah. I'm very close with Carlos also. How's he doing over there as far as acclimating? He's got a show on YouTube if you want to put a link to it. He's got Carlos in Korea's volume one through five. Carlos in Korea, that sounds awfully similar to a certain Astro shortstop. Yeah, no kidding. That's funny. But he <laughs> he's good. got he's got a uh he's got a show uh in Japan, Korea that we it's a YouTube channel and it's pretty awesome. It just shows what his life's like adjusting to him being in Korea. And I think watching that would be better than anything I could say, but it's, it's so interesting to watch unfold from here. And I'm going to have to go to Korea at some point. And, you know, if he does well, they're treating him like he's the, uh, the Manny Machado of Korea. So if he does well, I've already been told that, you know, he'll, he, they'll, they'll offer him an extension very early if, if, if it works out that way. And, uh, 
I talked to him about it, and and this is fine for me to say, but if they do that, he has no interest in coming back here ever. Like the plan originally before he got there was play there a year, get your free agent rights, never have to go through arbitration and come back to America. Now that he's there, he's like, what the hell would I opt back into that system for? Right. Seriously, that he said that to me. Do those teams have limits on American players they can have? Yes, they, which is good for for uh, owners here. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think I think it's three in Korea. I don't know what it is in Japan right now. I've never done a deal there. But um, Korea's. I'll tell you what, Carlos is very forward thinking. You know, if he's a bubble roster guy, you know, for Texas like he was, and he gets taken off the roster in spring, goes to waivers, gets claimed by someone else, bounces around. How is that better than going to Korea for a million dollars? And it's right. not. And then the second part of it is, if he's a bubble guy right now, let's say he's a bubble guy next year, and the labor stoppage is, is on the horizon, the hypothetical one, you know, how many people are going to be trying to get jobs over there? Yeah, well, and it also hurts that he'd be about 30 then, too. I mean, guys without right. much much time in the big leagues that are 30 are not exactly beating down the doors unless they're guys like Colby Lewis or... Miles Mikolas, right. or the guy that signed with the Diamondbacks this year, whose name I can't remember, but um, who also played at Nova, uh, Carlos's school, and I scouted and I represented him in college. Yeah, uh, and then his parents got divorced, and then his dad hired me, and his mom hired Bobby Witt, and now Bobby Witt's his agent, and I'm not. So that sucks. That's wild. <laughs> That's just wild. So I was in every single one of Miles's games his junior year of college. It was Miles, a guy named Ryan Spanger, Furstenberg, Michael Fires, and JD Martinez were on that team. Wow. And I thought Fires was terrible because he was 25 years old in college. I thought J.D. Martinez wasn't going to get drafted. It sucked. And I thought Miles was going to be a superstar. So one for three. Well, that's hitting 333. That'll get you a contract extension. Well, I would have been rich if I did Miles' deal. Well, that's true. It'd get you a pre-arb extension. It wouldn't get you an actual one now, though, which is kind of crappy. <laughs> so as, as far as labor discontent goes, I mean, is the writing kind of on the wall that – things have to change and fast, or is it just kind of a train that's going to derail eventually at some point and there's no going back? You don't think it derailed already? I think that it's wobbling. I mean, the 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 time the only time that I think it's going to be completely off the rails is when there's no games and they're supposed to be. You know, 1995, I, I, think I, I already think we're there. I mean, not with the no games, obviously. I already think the train's off the tracks. There's no way to fix this, and we're going to have to blow the whole thing up. That's my opinion. But average fans don't think of it that way. I guess maybe that's the maybe that's how I should have framed it. Average fans well, won't care until the games no, are they being played. No, they, they, they don't, and, that, and they're going to be the victims, and that's bullshit. That sucks because yeah. they have no idea what's coming. Right. I know what's coming. They don't have any idea what's coming, and I hope that maybe I can shed a light on what's going to happen and why, and – that's the only reason I'm speaking up so much because I guess I'm in a unique bubble where I'm not afraid of getting fired by people. I don't care who I sign. I don't have a family and no one can fire me. So <laughs> how, I don't mind saying anything. How do you prepare and how do players prepare for the potential of labor unrest? Cause I know I read back in like 93, 94 that Brian Harvey, who I don't know if he was with the Marlins yet, but I think he might've been with the angels said he was, no, no, ah, Brian Harvey had already been traded to the Padres at that point for Gary Sheffield. I'm from Miami. Okay. I will do that for so, you. But, I, but he told a bunch of the younger guys, hey, start saving money, you know, the guys who just had a cup of I coffee. I told my clients that last year. So there, you, you, there is some level of preparation. It's not just, uh, you know, careening into the abyss. Players are also going to prepare for that. Oh, no, every single player I have is saving money. That's, I mean, every single was a Swahe and JJ and Brantley. But like, Still. I mean, you know, I mean, Brant, Brantley's a guy that I only work for a little bit tiny and, and I'm an advisor at this point at best, but you know, Mike and I used to develop very close friends. He's a groomsman at my wedding, but 
I mean, Mike and I talk, obviously. So, I mean, it, Mike's the guy that I don't want to speak for in this context at yeah. all. But, well, let the uh, record show you brought him up, not me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was me. It was me. That's why I corrected myself. Um, yeah. JJ and Aswahe, I, I told them to, to save their money. Uh, JJ has paid Manning's financial planner that I set him up with a few years ago. He's mm. been really good for JJ. Is it nationwide? And, um, I'm kidding. What? I'm sorry. Is it? I said, is it nationwide? Oh my god, that'd be hilarious! I didn't even think of that. It's a guy named Mike George from Athletes First. He, he used to be a Peyton Manning's guy at CAA, and then he started his own company, and and that's like his big resume guy. And it, it, he's been great for me uh, oh, for for JJ. Good. good. And uh, and Aswahe, um, Carlos, obviously he he's brilliant. If anybody reads anything about him, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, and he, he's going to be all right. He's very uh, he's going to be very wealthy in esports one day. So I looked at your Reddit AMA from last year, and somebody asked you about your CBA wish list. Do you have anything? Oh, my God. What did, I, what did I say a year ago? You said something like you can't really talk about it or you, you didn't have it handy. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't answer that question. I remember that. So are you going to answer it now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be derelict in my duties if I didn't at least ask, though. CBA wish list. Okay. Um, just maybe clarify that the fucking luxury tax is not a salary cap and stop selling that bullshit to the fans. It's already been proven, though, that like the salary cap wouldn't work, and this is basically proof of that, right? I mean, what's going to happen? They're going to put a cap there, and then there's going to be a bounty? You, okay, you, I imagine you, like me, grew up playing franchise mode in some video games, right? I still do. I, I was playing last night. <laughs> I play. Yeah, I have a I have a franchise in NBA 2K. Yeah. I just you know I don't play baseball games because I know these people. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I play NBA 2K. You get far enough in the future in your dynasty, you hit the cap the cap ceiling in the video game, right? Like yeah. everyone's overpaid because of video game inflation, and you can only sign a certain amount of players. Then if you look in the free agency, you see a bunch of 99 rated players asking for 30 million dollars that are sitting there. That is exactly what will happen in real life if we get a hard cap in baseball. Well, yeah. I mean. It, it, here's my, my gripe with the salary cap is it's still not going to make Detroit as nice of a place to play as New York city or LA, you know, it's orange County, it's San Diego. If, if, if all things are the same, it, you know, guys are going to say, well, all right, then I'm just going to go play with my friends. You know, like LeBron James has this, done three different but cities. This is a fundamental misunderstanding of the purpose of a salary cap. So like fans and some people, they think that evens the playing field for competition. So you're correct in saying it wouldn't change the dynamics of where guys wanted to play. Right. But I, what I see happening to partially answer your other question, CBA wish list. The thing that I'm not a huge fan of is that the way that the market is unfolding, the, the way that teams have set this up, so to speak, uh, to, to create the marketplace the way that it is right now. Uh, I don't think that's overstepping saying that, that they did this. Because um, obviously players don't have the money. They didn't do it to themselves. Mm -hmm. Somebody did it to them. So they've set this up this way. Yeah. I think they have set this up this way. So at some point in time, somebody from ownership can say, you want us to spend money? We hate the teams that don't spend money. You're right. Let's make them spend to a floor. What happens if we get a floor? What is the inverse of a fucking floor? The roof. A, a ceiling. <laughs> And that means they're going to want to introduce a cap, in my opinion. Yeah. If we have a floor, there's going to have to be a cap, and that's going to be – I see that being potentially one of the biggest obstacles that will be presented in the future that hasn't even been brought up yet. 
there's no chance that players would go for that either. I mean, that would be exactly. But there's also the inverse of what you just said. There's a hundred percent chance the owners are going to ask for it. Yeah, no, that's that. And I mean, that's why you've already said they're off the rails. So, I mean, that's, that's easy to tell. Hey, we got, we got three questions from Twitter. You want to take those and we'll let you out of here. You can keep me as long as you want, man. I'm free. And I remember last year we ran long. I will answer anything you want today. One time only. Last last week with Mike Cameron, I think we went about six hours, so we won't go that long. Oh man, what a what a terrific guy. He was, he was and cool great. Mike Cameron story. His nineteen ninety eight or two thousand one Fleer rookie or Fleer baseball card, a regular Fleer Ultra card. It has him playing on on the baseball diamond with one of his kids, and it's actually like two year old Daz Cameron and it's a Daz Cameron rookie card. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a that's a real Daz Cameron. That's like uh, when guys start signing. Go with, look that. Go if you go online and type in like on eBay like Daz Cameron Fleer Ultra, you'll see there's like 2002 Fleer Ultra card or 2000 Fleer Ultra card of Seattle Mariners Mike Cameron playing with his kid, and it's a Daz Cameron like two year old rookie card. It's yeah. one of my it's my second favorite card ever. And I know this is hockey, no one cares, but but me. But there's like a 1994 1995 Pinnacle hockey card of some scrub hockey player like Yuri Hemlehev from the Sabres, like some obscure guy. And in the background, you see the glass. And behind the glass, you see the fans. And behind one of the fans is a sign that says, Go Sabres. And the little kid holding that sign who's like three years old is number one overall pick, Patrick Kane. Oh, that's oh, damn. That's yeah, cool. Buffalo area. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Well, It's uh, so awesome <laughs> because I had that card. It's like 50 bucks now. And, like, what are the odds of a hockey card catching three-year-old Patrick Kane on a hockey card? Like, that's so cool in the 90s. And then I think recently the creepy one is the 90 hoops card with Mark Jackson, the, the coach, former oh, yeah. Nick player. In the background is Lyle and Eric Menendez. Yeah, isn't that crazy? When they were off spending their parents' dough before they got It was literally after indicted. the murder while they were spending the money. It's like, damn, that's horrible. I yeah, found the card. It is adorable. They're, like, sitting in the middle of the field. <laughs> and, well, and not only that, but... They found a second card because they were able to match up the clothing and the seats and the timing. So there's like two cards in that set. But yeah, that's insane. That's about the time that John Calipari would probably offer him if it was, if he was a basketball player, though. Right, right, right. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, that's funny. Hard. I can I can rip the NCAA all day long. That's great. Oh, that's easy fodder. Well, the first question we got was from John Parado, who I'm going to be seeing in Bradenton on Saturday. He says, "Are my you good, my former editor at Baseball Perspectives and a wonderful human being too. and survivor? Good my, for him. I love him. Love him too. He's one of my greatest, uh, you know, favorite guys uh, in the business." And he said, "Are you the most warped man in baseball?" Yes. <laughs> that was an easy answer. I mean, that was almost too easy. Yeah. No. I. I. I I, I had to like take a sociopath test the other day, make sure I had human emotions. So I'm good. I passed, but barely. And did um, you study? I, uh, I I got a really nice. You know what? I, I'm going to do this, and it, it, it was I wasn't going to. I really wasn't. This is spur of the moment, but it kind of fits in here, and, and it'll hopefully kind of illustrate why I do this. So I my heroes are Kurt Cobain, Hunter S. Thompson especially I just like people. I like people who tell the truth. Kurt Cobain, you know, uh, I would rather be uh, hated for who I am than love for who I am not. So I, uh, I got a question the other day about Barstool. I'm not going to harp on it, but somebody had asked me, you know, Dallas Braden has a show there. Anthony Rizzo, JD Martinez. Well, that, all these guys that, are fans that's of one of the questions here. So I'm just letting you know, Doug Gray wants you to riff on Barstool. So we'll call that the second question. Now back to what you were saying. Okay. So, so with Barstool, um, I got a question saying Dallas Braden has a show on Barstool. 
Um, J.D. Martinez, Anthony Rizzo, all these players love Barstool. What do you think of that? I said anybody who loves Barstool has serious or Barstool's bullshit has serious fucking problems. And after I did that, I said, I hope anyone who likes Barstool's trash unfollows me on Twitter. I lost like 20 Twitter followers immediately, and then I picked up like 50 today for doing that. So nice. I got a really nice note from a, a sports writer that I will not name, but he wrote this to me, and I cried for real because what he wrote about me is what I always, as a little kid, hoped I would grow up to be someday. And if I can be like this every day of my life, I will be happy. Well, this writer wrote to me, I just wanted to reiterate my outright and utmost respect for your righteous dedication to never shying away from standing up for what's right and up against what isn't, even when doing so, invites abuse from our nation's lost causes. But above all, the integrity to knowingly alienate potential clients and otherwise closed doors that spineless haircuts freely profit from through soulless smiles, lift first tightly in a bare, in a barely living monument to their legacy of complicity through silence. I hope you occasionally take a moment to feel and earn pride. Rare and admirable are the pure few who keep talking after it starts costing and don't have a rental sign tacked in the front of their vacant hovel that long ago housed an insufficient conscience. That is the best thing anyone has ever sent me in my whole life. That's amazing. Holy crap. Like that, uh, that's the kind of thing you tattoo on a scroll on your back or your forearm. I, I want to be that person for the rest of my life, and I'm never going back. So well, I, that's warped. That's fine, but I'm going to be me and hope for the. I'm not even going to hope for the best. I don't even care what happens. Like I know I'm doing what's right, and that's what's going to happen from now on. Well, that's what Doug Gray asked for was you to go on that rant. So that was good. I I think that was awesome and. Uh, Whoever sent you that's definitely got their mind in the right place. And he's a really, and he's a really good writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no kidding. Well, the last question we had was from Matt Bowen wants to know how often do you speak with your clients? So kind of a, kind of a flat ending after you give us that crazy, uh, you know, crazy dietary. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends. I mean, it dep honest to God, it depends on the relationship. There are retired guys like Jim Miller that I talk to right now more than I talk to some active clients of mine. There are guys that check in with me every month. There's yeah. guys that check in every week and there's guys that call me every day. And I promise you, JJ doesn't want to hear from me every day. I promise. Jeremy told Reggie McLean a couple weeks ago, the trick with me is to just ignore me until he has to say something and then I'll listen. <laughs> the trick is to get you to stop. Yeah, he doesn't. No, the trick Jeremy said is to not get me to stop and just to keep talking until he needs something. And I, I'm like, you know what? That's good advice. I love it. I love it. So well, it, it depends on the player. There's some guys legitimately I talk to every day. And there's a few guys that I don't talk to except monthly. It just, it depends on the situation. If I called Jeremy every day, not only would he not answer, I'd get fired. <laughs> That's, you know what? That's good. I, I wish that you were here in person or I wish that I was going to see you in person on Friday, but, um, great, great. This is, uh, this was great stuff. I really appreciate your time and we'll have to, we'll have to catch up sometime here down the road in person. Maybe it'll be winter Whatever. meetings or something. Yeah. Well, I'll be, I'll be traveling during the year. I'm going to be in Milwaukee a lot. I'm not sure if I'm going to Minnesota. Um, I had to go to the restaurant thing. I mean, I, I was, when you called me, I was driving from Bradenton to Fort, or Fort Myers to Bradenton. So it's like, Oh wow. So I'm doing what you just asked me about except a week early. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. That's, that's uh that's a tough one. You well, asked me, you're like, are you going to be in Fort Myers? I'm like, I'm here right this second. <laughs> that's not helpful. That's not helpful. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, we'll catch up again down the road. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get you on here again real soon. 
Absolutely. All right, that's a wrap for this episode for producer Justin, today's guest, Josh Kuznick. And for Tom Schreier, this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying we'll see you again. You've been listening to Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network.